Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome back to the 135th edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here uh, in the middle of the playoff excitement, which has translated to teams that are outside of the playoffs into the literal worst month of the year. There is nothing going on in Blue Jays land. And yet we soldier on. Uh, my name is Drew Fairservice, and we are going to talk. We're going to talk around the Blue Jays. I think we'll talk around them. They're, they, you know, there's always, there's always uh, Blue Jays related stuff. There are tangents into which we can uh, uh, get you, our dear listeners and friends, the Blue Jays content that you crave. Uh, and joining me, the king of Blue Jays content, in fact, himself, uh, old reliable. Uh, yeah. As always. Oh, that's you. That's you. As always. Yeah. As always. I butchered the line. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm thrown by the butchering of the line. I'm not going to lie to you. I think this... Uh, I fucked up something with the line the other day as well. So, the last one we did. So, whatever. It... Uh, yeah, I'm fine. 135 of these, you know, we... You, so, maybe we need to, like, shift the patter up a little bit, you know? Like, shake it up. Well, and, apparently uh, we're and, doing and, it involuntarily now, so... Well, it's subconscious. We know. We know in our mind that uh people want it they want it hot and spicy you want to hear some you want to hear some hot and spicy subconscious shit what's that <laughs> okay so th- I, this is a great way to start a, a baseball podcast is a story about nothing to do with it uh so the other day i uh, a smoke detector in my in my new apartment uh was hanging down and i'm like oh that's weird because i guess it's plugged into the to the the wired into the system i didn't know that i tested it i'm like oh it doesn't work that's fucking lovely uh i'm like i better go and check the other smoke detector i thought somebody would have you know made sure they were working before they gave me the keys uh and it was not working either so i'm like huh okay let's uh uh let's go get some batteries for these smoke detectors or at least the one that i'm capable of uh uh, you know putting a battery into and uh, Mm -hmm. i leave my tv on and when I, i go to the store i come back when I come back, I swear to God, I've, I had my windows open and I'm like, is somebody smoking crack underneath my window? Like, what? The, it, it smelled like, you know, burning tires or burning plastic or something like that. I'm like, that's weird. But it was faint and uh, I kind of, it bothered me for a bit and I was looking around like, trying to figure out where the smell was coming from. We couldn't do it. I thought nothing of it. And then uh, while I was changing the battery of the uh, smoke detector, I hear a pop from the living room. And uh, my TV is off, and I'm like, that's odd. And uh, I start looking at the cables, and the power cable had melted. And that was the, uh, that was the burning plastic smell. Uh, but somehow, subconsciously, I mean, uh, perhaps because the, I noticed the smoke detector dangling, uh, just before this enormous fire hazard was taking place, I went and, uh, and got some, uh, some smoke detector batteries. Weird, huh? That's, that's very, very strange. Why, do you have any idea why it would have melted like that? Was it a short? I think it, it shitty? I think it was. It, yeah, it, I, noticed, I, had to, I never thought anything of it at the time, but I had to jiggle it when I first uh, plugged the TV in. I was like, oh, why is the TV not working? And then I like knocked the cable a bit and it came on and went on and I had to like kind of put it into a, <laughs> like hold it in place uh, for it to work, which probably... Uh, you know, uh, someone a little more mindful of uh, electrical safety. That might have been mm. a red flag, but uh, uh, not for me until it uh, nearly melted and burned my house down. Well, that does it for this edition of Birds All Day. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Parting Shots. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're very excited. You can, of course, listen, uh, rate, and review us and subscribe on iTunes and hit us up at patreon.com slash birdsallday. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we, of course, as we, as you know, well, thank you for that for sharing. I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad your house didn't burn. I'm glad, and I'm glad you di- you didn't have a 
uh, someone using uh, uh, crack in a public space below your window, that's probably not something you'd like to avoid. Yeah. I, um, I, felt, I, I also, in the spirit of changing up the, the pattern here, I figured, yeah, mm-hmm. parting shots, let's do them first. Yeah. You know why? You know why we, we, we do, uh, we're do parting shots first? After, I, of course, I send a shout-out to, to Patreon, everyone who has, uh, who has recently signed up or signed up at the very beginning. Thank you to everyone. Uh, Patreon.com slash birds all day. Uh, kick us a couple bu- bucks a month. Keep us going. Keep us uh, 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 giving you the Blue Jays goods and the, the, the Stoughton Life updates that you crave and need. <laughs> um, but we're going to do this parting shot at the beginning of the show because the thing I, I think we'll start talking with about right off the top realignment Woo. I'll just let like the stand, let the, the the ovation sort of like echo and and reverberate around my home here i mean the segues are just they're, they're beautiful today uh you know i speak the toth i mean i mean the truth uh realignment tracy ringlesby for uh baseball america put out put forth some very i some very specific and not they don't appear to be um, uh, pulled from his enormous hat. Uh, they <laughs> yeah. seem like they have been vetted and polished and, and considered, um, which would, in a lot of ways, fundamentally change the way we think about the structure of Major League Baseball. Yes. Which is what you would think. Yeah. I mean, there's been, there's been realignment before. Of course, they added the divisions, the third division to each league, uh, but, you know, in 20 or 23 or 4 years ago. Uh, but of course, number the fundamental thing is there has always been the American League and the National League. Now, of course, those distinctions have blurred over over time. There used to, I mean, a lot of people probably don't remember this, but there used to be National League umpires and American League umpires. There were two different groups, two two different little uh, organizations. They played all each other all the time. Interleague broke it down, and now there's interleague games every night of the of the year. Uh, so maybe these sort of uh, the only real distinction between the two is that one plays baseball and one likes to watch the pitchers try to hit sometimes, which we're not going to get into today. It can be fun. I can't, let's not pretend it can't. But the schedule, the schedule is unbalanced. Travel is, is particularly arduous on, on quite a few teams. I know the, you know, the Mariners obviously travel tons. The Rangers have like a really shitty uh, travel schedule to name two. Um, so this solution that's been put forth that I'm going to throw to you, starting to kind of lay out sort of the, the, uh, the details of, a lot of it makes almost too much sense to just shit at on out of hand, um, because I think a lot of it could work. Yeah, I, I I do too. I I was surprised at my reaction to. It. I mean, anything like this, any change of anything whatsoever. I mean, as uh, as we recall from uh, this is like a Scott Carefootism, I think. You know about uh, they're gonna people are gonna complain no matter what you do change wise to your website. So just let them complain. Um, so yeah, it, it would be radical, and I think a lot of people would be uh, upset about it. But um, you know, they would. The idea would be to go to four divisions uh, to scrap the AL and NL. I think in the alignment that uh, the Ringlesby had, the Jays were in there with the Mets as well as the Yankees, the Red Sox, Cleveland, Detroit, Minnesota for some reason. Um, and and uh, I, I yeah, it it was. It was interesting in how the playoffs would maybe break down. It would add playoff teams, which obviously is a good revenue driver for uh, for teams. It would cut back on the schedule, uh, which would offset some of uh, or the revenue from the extra playoff teams would offset some of the uh, that cost uh, or the revenue lost by cutting back on the schedule. And the travel thing that you mentioned uh, would also help them. Is is, uh, is something that he put forward. Um, and yeah, it's. Uh, 
it feels like a lot of it is inevitable. It also included expansion, uh, which uh, mm-hmm, specified mm-hmm. Uh, Montreal and, uh, and Portland as places that looked like the strongest expansion candidates. I don't know. I don't. I don't know about Portland. I don't, I don't get that one. But uh, but apparently they you know they want a team in the east and a team in the west, and it's just going to be geographically mm-hmm. aligned divisions. It's probably it's better for TV too. You know when you don't have as many cross time zone. Uh, things though i think they've probably set that up quite well as it is and also the blue jays uh no would barely ever have to go to the trop would go to you know you would go to teams outside of your division uh you play three games against them per year so i assume it would be alternating series every year so you'd only see the trop once every couple of years sign me up for that shit uh yeah no it, it's it's incredibly interesting uh i think the portland again i don't think that these name the 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 idea of a team of Portland and an idea of a team of Montreal is coming out of out of thin air. Uh, there is some question. I know Rob Nyer, who who you know, of course, who used to write for ESPN and and uh, and Fox and SB Nation and a bunch of places. Uh, he is he lives in Portland and he questioned on Twitter about the validity of an ownership group within Portland. But uh, there are some that that say it's there. They don't have a ballpark. Uh, but I think Portland could be a great spot. It's a pretty it's a not, it's a good city that's that's on the come up and it's kind of small enough that you could or not small enough but like big enough to support it but also you could, it would be really it would they wouldn't be putting a ballpark out in the middle of the suburbs it would probably be pretty close to the downtown whatever they support the the teams that are there the Timbers and the Trailblazers and the Thorns and all the other teams uh, th- really well so th- it could be it could be fun I think and I think mm-hmm. the thing that made Portland you know, put them on the list as was mentioned in the article which is that. They, the city government or one of the tiers of government that they have there has a grant that of you know $130 million or something like that towards a new stadium that was set up when the Expos were looking for a new location and they were you know trying to entice them there by uh, you know promising public money for a stadium. Uh, but the, I, I don't know if the, when the expiry on that public money mm. is, if there's an expiry, but it's still it's still locked in basically. So they can, they're assured that same public money. I saw Keith Law in his chat yesterday was talking about uh, Austin, San Antonio, looking at them as one TV market and picking one of them. And maybe that being a a place, a really fast growing uh, uh, part of the United States there, which maybe is better suited to set up a team than Portland. But uh, you got that sweet, sweet, sweet uh, arena cash from the taxpayers. So obviously Mm. uh, that seems to be the way. That that's going to motivate any owner, right? That's going to motivate <laughs> yeah. the ownership group a lot. Like those, uh, like those shitbag Calgary Flames. Maybe move to Portland, fuckfaces. Well, hey, at least uh, Calgary, the people of Calgary voted for their incumbent mayor, who is not having any of Gary Bettman's uh, Putin-esque election-damaging <laughs> grumblings. Little yeah. fucking tyrant. Uh, there's a lot to like about this, about these ideas. Uh, uh, reducing the schedule, as you mentioned, I believe, I, I think you said it specifically, they would go down to 156 game schedule, which is what they used to play back in the day, uh, which helps the players because they are seeking, of course, more rest, more days off. So it would be one day off a week for every team, and of course, reducing the travel, which is which is huge, uh, something that players want very much. And uh, but you know, they offset that by adding another 50, you know, jobs if they if they add two teams. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, the, a lot of people were scoffing at the idea of 12 teams making the playoffs, right? Is it 12? It would be 12? No, th- yeah, I think it would be 12, yep. 12 of yeah, 32? So... I don't know. That's that's still, you know, you don't, you don't want to be a joke league like the NHL, obviously. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. Twelve seems good, especially the playing thing is obviously super fun. I love I love it. It does set up the potential for like, uh, you know, if the idea was the two, the second and third place team in the division play for. Uh, a chance to face the division winner in a playoff series, which also would balance the schedule if you look at it that way, if you're only mm-hmm, competing mm-hmm. for uh, playoff spots against teams who, in your own division who play the same schedule. I'm not. It was actually not clear whether that's the way, but uh, it was. Uh, this is envisioned, but that's how I like to believe it is. Uh, it mm-hmm. does set up a scenario where uh, a team that's pretty bad uh, gets a chance to get by a team that's really good in a one game playoff, right? Like there could be a quite a, well, a gap there, between the second and the third place team, but there, there could be, but there, that there isn't necessarily, right. I think it's you know like that, that opportunity, that, that, that the chance exists, but I don't think it's a guarantee. Um, I think the other thing that they, that they've learned, and I think we've all learned, and I have definitely learned is that the wild card one game play-ins are awesome. Yes. They are so fun to watch. Uh, they seem like they inevitably have, uh, they're all, very often they're good and at least close and exciting games. Uh, you know, there's so much there's so much at stake for the teams in terms of like potential revenue that the man they are managed within an inch of their lives. So there's like tons of relief pitchers, but you can see what happens um, to some of the clubs when they go through that and they have to. Um, you know, it really affects their ability to 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 move on. The Yankees, notwithstanding, for God's sake. Um, but, uh, but, you know, if, if things go, are, are somewhat calamitous in the wild card game, it can really set you back, uh, again, unless you're the Yankees for the love of God, but, uh, I don't know, there, there, yeah. there's a lot to like, and I think we, you and I, you know, something we've talked about a lot on this show otherwise, but we're not even talking about the idea that like Montreal is just almost like a given in this scenario that there's, that would be a team in Montreal. Of course, there's no ballpark, uh, all the, the idea of, of putting a new team, um, with a, God only knows what the expansion fee would be, $600 million or something insane like that. Uh, uh, you know, but, but uh, hey, these, if there's, these, there's Team Montreal, who's, no one's going to say no unless it's the government. These wanted to give rich them money. guys got more money than they need to, to, to do with. You know, they, they, yeah, I don't know. they'll they be fine. They probably, anyway, they'll it, probably extort public money as well, but uh, yeah. be that as it may, that's just it's all in the game, I guess. I, I'd be interesting to see... It's so reasonable and so feasible at the same time that I, I, I would be reluctant to, or I would be interested to hear, you know, I are too, are very much agreed on this. Who is, who is it that's going to be opposed to this idea? I mean, which I think given, you, you, if you're a team that's in one of these um, moving, you know, the, the divisions, there could be some, there's some, some griping. I mean, Colorado, Houston, Texas are going to end up doing a lot of travel um you know just because just they're in that sort of wide swath of that midwest and but but everybody else is gonna uh you know minnesota, minnesota as i said they're the only team that will be playing outside of their one of the only teams playing outside of their time zone but i mean what what other than unless you're a curmudgeonly you know you know church and state american league national league never the twain shall meet how could you not get behind this idea like unless you're opposed to expansion as well yeah, no, I, I mean, I, NL fans obviously will balk at the idea about losing their precious DH or losing their precious lack of a DH, um, which I do get. I mean, obviously, uh, there's a there's a certain charm to it, and that's that's one of the wonderful quirks of baseball. Yeah, but also, who needs that shit? <laughs> and uh, and I think those people are just gonna have to fucking uh, live with the inevitable. I mean, there's just there's so much. Uh, money and adding teams there there's more tv revenue there's 
There's, there's all sorts of good things that come from adding teams. I mean, you don't want to be MLS about it and just add like 70 teams a decade down the line, but a couple more teams and a couple more markets is, uh, is good. With changing the playoffs so that even more teams are, uh, are perhaps still in it uh, later on in the season, you know, continuing to... I mean, obviously, we've just been through a year that uh, was starkly different in August and September in terms of just the mood and the team and everything mm-hmm. uh, and attendance uh, compared to the years before. And, and you know, and you see you see why an owner would be like, yeah, the, the fact, even if it's just this bullshit play-in game we're playing for, it's going to drive people to the ballpark. It's going to drive TV ratings. And so they, you know, they see that. And I think that's why it's inevitable that they will expand and they will probably expand the playoffs too. It's a great excuse to expand the playoffs. Um, so, I mean, I think it's, it's not just, it's not just Ringlesby's hat, just, uh, spitballing here necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's pretty well reasoned. It's, uh, it is hard to oppose. Like you said, it's not his hat. It's actually his horse, which I believe he was, <laughs> was featured in his profile picture for quite a while. Uh, here, uh, here's my, my, uh, my flaming take from this. Given the way that teams are managed now and given the way that the teams are built. Instead of ma- forcing the DH on everyone, take the DH out altogether. Yeah. Oh, wow. Take, yeah, take it I out. Think so. No DH for anybody. Uh, those those roster spots are going to go to pitchers almost anyway. Right? Every team is not only using pitchers, tons of pitchers, but they're cycling pitchers in. So if I'm the Players Association, you think if, if teams are using like a functional 13 or even 14-man bullpen... And all but, you know, sorry, like a practical 14-man bullpen, but also it's a functional, more like a 20-man bullpen or 20-man pitching staff when you consider the, the, the guys, the, the players who are on these shuttles up and down from the minor leagues and just the sheer volume of pitchers. If you basically concede the fact that this is the reality of the game, take the DH out. Take it out. You take the DH out. Not, so not only is it the D, you take the DH out because that person, you know, that Role has a diminishing uh, utility now anyway, as uh, it's just not the way the game is going. These big, dumb, slow sluggers, you know, no team. Not, I mean, who, who's, in, who's the DH for, for the, uh, the, the Astros? They don't have an every DH. The Yankees don't have an every DH. They use in Chase Headley there. So, I mean, obviously that role means nothing to them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The Astros, they signed Beltran to, to do the job, and he's bad. Um, I think that, that if you are a team... You're going to want to, you know, given the way that we've seen the, the, the rise of the importance of, of super utility players, rather have just another one of those super utility players, not have to worry about who can we sneak some, sneak some extra runs, sneak some extra value out of a DH. Do away with the DH altogether. Keep the, give it an extra pitcher on each staff or, or, or acknowledge the fact that we need more, that the teams are going to need more pitchers. Or maybe, maybe take the DH away and take away, not take away a roster spot, add another roster spot. I don't know. Make it 26. Keep the player association happy. No DH, but then there's more more bench guys. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I, I you wouldn't have to. I could I could make that argument. I I can get behind that argument if someone says we're going to scrap the DH because it because we're throwing a, a bone almost to the to the baseball traditionalists who might be turned off by the idea of American League and the National League going going away. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that too. Actually, I mean I I would be surprised if the players association was. Uh, yeah. Just because the DH tends to be paid a little better than the, uh, uh, the, the you know the last guy on the bench, but like you say, the DH is going away and becoming the last guy on the bench anyway. Uh, perhaps mm-hmm. not in this city, uh, but in many others. 
So yeah, maybe that, maybe it doesn't make that much of, of a difference. But uh, no, I, 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 as dumb as it is to watch pitchers hit and fail at it, uh, sure that's fine too. If the if that's what they needed to have happen, but I don't think they need to have it happen. You know what? Just uh, just get in line with the times, National League. Just get the DH. You'll have something to fucking whine about when it's gone, uh, and you love that because you're because you're whiners. Every every National League fan painting with a broad brush here. <laughs> and besides, uh, another thing, if you have a DH caliber, a, a, a player who is worthy of an everyday DH, if you have a Edgar Martinez or a Edwin Encarnacion or a David Ortiz, uh, the, the the use of having a, a good defensive player is reduced considering it's nothing but strikeouts and home runs anyway. So just stick him at first base, whatever. Let him stand there, slap a glove on, everybody wins. There's more excitement when they, has, when they have no mobility, there's like a little statue out there falling over trying to field stuff. More balls in play, a couple extra singles. Everybody wins. Um, speaking of everybody winning, Blue Jays. There are Blue Jays in the World Series. Blue Jays in the playoffs still. None, you know, of course, the team isn't in there. But um, <laughs> I was, yesterday, I was concerned. I was a little confused for a second there. Oh, well, they were. They were blue and white. <laughs> they got a blue hat. Uh, no, the the Blue Jays uh, are done. But the architect of the only successful Blue Jay team in twenty years, he's going to the World Series. Alex Bethopoulos, who is a uh, I don't know, assistant to the regional manager for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Good <laughs> yeah, for him. Just about, yeah. Uh, and, of course, uh, Brandon Morrow is going to the, to the World Series. Farhan Zahidi, who's Canadian, he's going to the, uh, to the World Series. He's, he might, he might, he's immediately a Blue Jay by association. <laughs> well, uh, no, Justin... no, uh, actually, the Blue Jays hate Canadians now. Uh, didn't you oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So, yeah, well, while some of the Blue Jays, you know, well, let, we'll get to that after. Uh, and then I, I don't, are there any other former Jays in the mix? I don't know that there are on, on, uh, on the Yankees or the Astros. So when we're recording this here on Friday afternoon, uh, the, the ALCS is yet to be decided. So I'm I don't know if there are any other former Blue Jays kicking around. I'm trying to think. No, the Blue Jays don't, never had as many good relievers as the Yankees. So none of those guys were ever on the Jays. But, um, well, Jake yeah. Marisnik, I guess. Oh, there, you, there you go. He counts. Jake, Justin Turner was basically a Blue Jay because he and Ricky Romero are good friends because they went to college together. Uh, so I account Justin Turner as a Blue Jay. Uh, he should have been a Blue Jay. You, this is, you, you, that was your pet theory, right? When he was bad, you're like, bring in, bring in Romero. You said that the other week, right? Bring in Romero's yeah, buddy. I, 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 I said that uh, back in the day. Uh, Justin Turner, who's uh, another way of looking at it, is also he's red Jose Bautista, I think, is, is uh, who's sort of come, come into himself late in life. Not as many home runs, but uh, goddamn, can he ever hit? He's got a lovely swing. It's 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 been fun to watch both not just him but all of these fucking Dodgers. Brandon Morrow, my God, uh, pitching a nine-one game. I've seen your tweets, so I know <laughs> I know that you are uh, all in on this fucking Brandon Morrow thing. It's incredible. He is so insanely good. Uh, he's so good. Yeah, he's pitching so hard. It's fun watching him talk about him. How he because he does that. He's the same guy. It's like. Little hip turn, and then like boom, there's 100 miles an hour, like exploding <laughs> into your lap. Yep. Uh, it's been great. He's been awesome. Command like through the roof. Uh, perfect. So happy uh, for him, uh, and he's so fun to watch. And uh, you know, the guy's been through a lot in his career. And as I, I said last night, um, I looked at his baseball reference. He's had about eight point something years of service time right now. So he's a free agent at the end of the year. Um, uh, I figure he'll probably sign two, maybe three year deal. He'd probably get to ten years, full vesting in the pension, more than hundred thousand dollars a year annual income as a as a member of the uh, of the the Major League Baseball Players Association pension. So, 
Way to go. Way to go, Brandon good Moore. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Do you know if you, uh, have four, if you, if you, sorry, I, I, so I was, someone asked me about that because I made, made comment about him getting 10 years because mm-hmm. I remember reading about it a million times and I used to, you know, back in the day talking about it. Uh, it's a big deal for the players. You, you remember when Jose Bautista got his 10 years, they get yeah. like a little, almost like a chip and they get a lifetime ballpark pass. They can just show up and be like, yeah, I'm Jose fucker Bautista. And they go to watch any ball game they want. Um, if you play 43 games in the big leagues or 43 days of service, you get like $30,000 a year for life. At once you get to retirement age, uh, which is awesome, that's really good. Their that their pension is uh, what know, we should all aspire a, to. Having a strong union almost as though it benefits your uh, your workers. That's weird. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Um, um, but yeah, somebody I was I, I think you're right about you know the kind of contract that he's going to sign. There was there was somebody some website I remember coming across it and rolling my eyes was talking about you know oh, he might come real cheap. Brandon Morrow, maybe he's a guy that Jay should look at. I'm like no, they're not paying. What Brandon Morrow is, is going to take? I think you're right. He's going to it's going to be that. And then somebody also was uh, I mentioned something about it. I mean, he snarked the fact that oh Morrow exceed, succeeding in the the role that he bristled at at taking with the Blue Jays and and was kind of like uh, not impressed with Morrow for having maintained that he should you know stay a starter when he's uh, you know as he started to get hurt there at the end of his Blue Jays tenure and not just switch to the the, uh, the bullpen, uh, to which I say, come on. Yeah. Be fucking serious here. I mean, whether or not the, work, the the move has worked out for him doesn't mean that he didn't hadn't earned the chance to still remain a starter. Yeah, I think, exactly. Based on his track record. And yeah. um, it, it has worked out well for him. I, I've, I'm very protective because I'm apparently everyone's dad. I'm worried <laughs> about the way that Dave Roberts uses him. But uh, riding him uh, hard, uh, putting him away wet, is that? Uh... Well, he, he pitched because the, the now the Dodgers have four days off. They don't play again till uh, till Tuesday. So from from Thursday night, the game five to Tuesday, that's four days off. So the, he uh, Dave Roberts, the Dodgers manager, used Brandon Morrow in the eighth inning, and then Kenley Jansen in the ninth inning of a nine-one game, which was insane. But uh, but not really because it, it basically he's not going to get any other work, and they have lots of time to rest and recover. And uh, hopefully, you know, I, he's been a reliever before, but now he's, you know, in his 30s. He sort of figured things out uh, and he looks great. And to your point about, you know, the Blue Jays aren't going to pay, well, you know, what Brandon Morrow is going to command on the free market. To that, I say, uh, what if they did? Right. Have you ever thought about that? Well, Have you ever thought about maybe they, they maybe they should pay him? Maybe they should give him uh, whatever he can fetch because um, that would be terrific. And you can never have too many guys. As every single playoff team has shown, the ones that have succeeded are the ones that have got just dudes lined from line to line. I mean, you know, the Dodgers aren't... Nobody's the Yankees in terms of their bullpen right now. But the Cubs, Cubs had nobody to get anybody out. And uh, it screwed them. Uh, they, They limped past the Nationals and then they looked just... I mean, they didn't hit, but having good relievers, as many as you can get, is a is a good plan. No, yeah, no. I mean they could they could use a guy like Ryan Tapera or Dominic Leone or or uh, oh, Ramirez. I want more. Yeah, I want more. Oh, yeah, all of the relievers. I mean, it's all true. look look at those stupid goddamn Yankees. They have so many, so many relievers. De- as we talked about before, Dellen Betances is their worst reliever, and he has like a forty five percent strikeout rate. It's insane. They have so many guys they can call on at any time. How many like they got what Chad Green, Swarzak, Robertson, 
Betances, Chapman, and uh, that's five like insane <laughs> relievers. Yeah. And they haven't, and then when they get Tanaka pitches into the eighth inning, it's like, well, why even like why come? We'll just go home, Houston. The, the game is over. It's crazy until tonight, game six in Houston, when all the bullpen goes bust in all of the Yankee fans' faces, and I, for one, am delighted. You, you also missed your boy uh, Tommy Canley. Oh yeah, Tommy Canley, the the one who's not is he the one that's like insanely ripped? He is. He's the one who's insanely ripped. <laughs> he's the one who's not as tall as the rest, so he has to. He's wider than the rest because he just has like fifty inch thighs and stuff like that. That's how that works. Yeah, that's how that works. But yeah, that's about it. I can't think of any other Blue Jays or ex Blue Jays or players with Blue Jays connections who are going to the World Series. Other than Brandon Morrow, the best. Yeah, and and, uh, and we're still giving Anthopolis all the credit for the for putting the Dodgers together. Quite yeah, I think the, the, I think those two names. Like, where would the Dodgers be without Brandon Morrow? Where would Brandon Morrow be without without uh, Alex Anthopoulos? Not in Los Angeles. I'm sure that nobody else had ever would ever believe that this guy that can throw in 100 miles an hour would ever be any good at baseball. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's just looking at it from a scouting perspective. You know, I, I like to look at the game in three dimensions. Ah. Uh, <laughs> John, future Blue Jays executive John Farrell, everybody. Are we doing that now? I don't care. That, that, I'm, I would love to see that just because of the brains that it would break. Just people would, would just lose their minds as though it's so strange. It's like the, it's, it reminds me of the J.P. Ricciardi thing about, uh, you know, it's not alive. We know the truth. It's, we know the truth, which is obviously stupid and garbage. But, like, just the way that people grabbed, like, he lied, but he lied. He, that one time, he lied. So we are going to overlook anything else about this guy uh, because he lied. What an unbelievable fucking thing that, you know, people don't literally do all the time. Every minute of every day (laughs) to themselves more than anyone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, Farrell is different. Farrell's, Farrell's thing was obviously... Uh, a little more, uh, I don't want to say duplicitous, but there was there there was more to it than just he lied in service of, you know, bullshit about the, you know, trying to make BJ Ryan feel good. I don't know why the fuck he did it, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, he people people have very strong feelings on the shitty way that Farrell's exit happened and how he was kind of half with the team for the last, you know, once it became apparent that Bobby Valentine was not going to remain the manager of the Red Sox, Farrell kind of had a foot out the door uh, and even did a year before, apparently, uh, we learned later. And so people really, 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 really hate him. Um, so it would just be and- so fucking great <laughs> to see them hire him and just to see, just see the fucking Steve, I can read the Steve Simmons piece already about how how mark shapiro that just that filthy dastardly owner who or president or whatever the fuck he is uh you know just really really doing everything in humanly possible to be the most inept fucking cartoon villain imaginable uh oh it would be so delightful while i agree (laughs) you can't you the value of someone like John Farrell, unless you think that he is going to put the, the team over the top, unless his player development acumen is so acute or so strong that you can't imagine your organization operating without his brain, 
the damage of the, poten the, the potential damage or the way that that distaste that people have, whether or not it's irrational, is real. And if you bring him in, that's a little like people will obviously will respond to wins, but that's like a pretty <laughs> high level fuck you to, <laughs> to those enormous. passionate fans. It's enormous. And and oh, and, 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 so and I mean, I could you can maybe like close your eyes and plug your nose if they bring him in as a special advisor or he, he floats around and you see him at spring training maybe or you don't see him but you know he's there or he's hanging around Dunedin if in some parallel universe they put him in a uniform <laughs> I can't even imagine the fallout I cannot imagine the gall it would take to put like hey, a new pitching coach John Farrell like what are you fucking kidding me that would be insane insane to put him in a uniform I can't. I can't even pretend to imagine what it would be like. Uh, yeah, you would probably lose me at that point as well. <laughs> but uh, mm. I, I don't know. I don't know. To give him time, he'll he'll rehabilitate his image once he has a few good years in the front office. Once all those those playoff games start rolling in, like we all know they're going to. Um, yeah. I, I, the thing is, I, I'm sure that they know this, and perhaps that's why they wouldn't do it. I, I would. I still want to believe that they would, but uh, this is another sort of thread that is running through the conversation about the front office and these firings and all this bullshit and, and whether it's like they, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they actually think about this stuff and are aware of uh, what their perception is. Like they, they probably get a couple of copies of the Toronto sun in their, uh, in their office every day. Uh, I think they understand that they're just going to get skewered no matter what. Which maybe is why they do it, or maybe is why they just say, fuck it, we don't care. We like the guy. We think we have a role for him. Um, and understand that it, the only thing that's going to turn their reputation around is winning damn baseball games. So who gives a fuck? You know, Steve Simmons, even if they win, because Simmons is going to find a way to credit Paul Beeston. <laughs> his source is his, uh, his text buddy. <laughs> uh, but I... I so we, we, we could talk briefly on the, the big uh, changes in the Blue Jays front office kind of away from the baseball operations side, which is obviously there's been a lot, not a lot, there's been sufficient amount written about it to make spilled about it because um, many of the, the, the most notable, not most notable, some of the names that were that are um, have left the organization or, or let, let go from the organization, Mal Romanen and, uh, and uh, Eric Grossman, and uh, Susan Malvin. Sue, Sue Malvin. Yeah. Uh, Mal is someone that if you are like you and like myself and uh, countless others who have ever uh, been in the press box or been on the field, you almost for sure dealt with Mal and he has always been like a true pro, a great guy, really helpful, um, you know, happily happy to help people who are new and, and don't know where they're doing and what's going on and a great guy. So definitely, uh, absolutely no way to get around the fact that it's a loss for the organization. So there's been a lot of ink spilled about that. Of course, John Lott wrote uh, a, a compelling and compassionate piece that that, that looked at it. Uh, and then other people wrote insane pieces of, uh, <laughs> of like total like axe grinding. Um, but but uh, and, and, and yeah. people from all across the organization. Uh, it's interesting that, you know, the Blue Jays just did a couple different hires uh, in in their what they call fan engagement um, team. Which looks as though it's kind of um, annexing the the traditional media relations side. Uh, the, some another uh, very prominent Blue Jays fan who uh, uh, April, who was uh, did kind of like a, was in a PR role for the Jays, it was uh, her time with the team is over now as well. Uh, it sucks. It sucks to see good people losing their losing their job. I know better than anyone losing your job fucking blows. 
Um, uh, but of course, whether or not it's going to, you know, people saying like they're not going to be any more Canadians in the in the front office. That, I, I, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Um, sometimes maybe maybe they are. Maybe they are bringing their own people in. I mean, they posted a job for which a, a Canadian that I know who was highly qualified for it applied didn't even get an interview. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, which is which? You know. Well, a maybe lot of that. The- Maybe that Canadian's got a bad rep within the team, but perhaps a lot of times those job opening or the job postings they post it just the formality, the legal formality or whatever it is, and then they they've already got somebody picked out for it anyway. Some might say, others would say like, "Hey, you this you're a perfect candidate. You got to at least get an interview." But no, (laughs) man, this Uh, person must have been very qualified. Very qualified. Super motivated. <laughs> the job was, uh, from what I understand, that job description was sent to that person by countless others, friends and associates alike, <laughs> who were like, "This job's perfect for you." Nada. Oh, it, uh, I have a feeling that if that maybe they had made that hire, maybe some of people's favorite podcasts would not have been able to continue anymore. So you know, you take with the good with the bad. If they um, if they if they'd made that hire, which clearly they were considering. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it sucks. And, and, and what, it, what it means for the future of the team, we don't know. Uh, again, they're going in a fan engagement direction. They're going to be, my guess is they're going to be, uh, the comments that I think it was Shapiro made at the end of the year that you, you highlighted some of them talking about kind of appealing to different people in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, does, that, does that ring a bell? It sure does, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be what they're going to do. They're going to use social media to like laser target specific people promising specific experiences and specific yep. promotions. And, you know, whether or not they're not going to cut the media out, they're not going to you know stop credentialing anyone. Although, well, they, they well might. Um, you know, well, and it, it, if you were them and you see the way the media fucking behaves in certain corners with regard to them, why, why the fuck should you continue like, like, beating down this fucking path as though this is the best way to engage your fans and, and not start thinking about, hey, maybe if we, like, cut around them, uh, we can do a better job of, of uh, presenting ourselves ourselves as opposed to letting, say, you know, fucking Steve Simmons have carte blanche to, to write. I mean, he could write whatever he wants. Obviously, uh, obviously nobody at the Sun's going to stop him, no matter how fucking dumb the thing is, is, uh, <laughs> uh, is going to come out. But... Uh, I don't know, like, like maybe that's maybe you don't feel that that's an avenue that you need to absolutely cater to, um, and also I think you're absolutely right. And I, ta- I have I've talked to some people, sort of behind the scenes, and with some, some I've talked to some people who uh, who would suggest that it it probably is a strategy that is going to be tied into uh, the stadium and the renovations there, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really interesting theory. Uh, you know, you hear Mark Shapiro talk about, you know, the best bar in the city or the best place to take your family. And I think that the, you know, what they do with the stadium, in a, which is hard to conceive of because it seems so, you know, static and so concrete and it's going to be weird to, for them to make, you know, appropriate spaces for any of this in that stupid fucking building. Uh, but there's, the, the idea was, I think that, you know, there's going to be a place for you and the bros to go bro out and, and do bro things. And there's going to be places for, you know, you, the dudes with fucking ironic mustaches to sip shitty pine bomb fucking craft <laughs> beers and a place for families to do shit. 
and that you know the the way that they're looking at engagement uh, on social media on on whatever uh, is to uh, is to you know target like you say specific messages to those kind of groups that they're building these places these uh, mm-hmm. literal physical structures within the stadium or that they're you know conceiving of and are potentially going to build uh, that's sort of the way that it's going to go so in in that sense I you know. If that's what you're doing, if you need to build like media teams that are being capable of speaking to all sorts of you know fragmented parts of the fan base, mm-hmm. uh, you know it is. It's going to look like a less traditional media department. It sucks that the people who were the traditional people uh, are losing their jobs. I mean, you would hope that there would be a way to you know let those people stay on and find a role for them, given how uh, well respected and good at their jobs they were on a side that. Perhaps their bosses don't understand. Maybe had they spoken to some of these people or thought about what these people were going to think, uh, that would have changed their uh, their actions. But I don't even know because I think they are very cognizant of what is going on uh, in terms of the conversation and how uh, and how they have to combat it. And this might have just been a you know, well we're going to lose this battle, but we think we're going to win the war. To use a fucking hackneyed tired. Uh, idiom or well, metaphor or whatever the fuck that is another thing to remember is a lot of this stuff comes from on high a lot of this stuff comes from mlb advanced media where they're dictating the terms and almost some of the local you know social or engagement teams are going to be executing on strategies that are set forward from new york um you know that's something that you can't discount uh like if you think about the blue jays twitter account blue jays facebook a lot of that stuff comes from new york there's like one person or a team in new york that's doing that kind of social uh uh, those social tactics and those social campaigns for all the teams. You know, the, the Jays have their in-game uh, social guy, but he's not the one who's who's doing stuff out, you know, during, you know, 24-7, during the day, during the games. Those are all scheduled and those are all concocted. From Like this, you saw the thing with the Yankees and the Red Sox Twitter going at it back and forth. Yeah. Basically, yeah. basically the same guy wrote both of those tweets. Like the same guy set up the pins and the next, and the same, and, the, and then one of his, the guy who's just in the cubicle next to him knocked, knocked it down. Like that, it's a work. Right. Like these, it's all, it's all, the power is all concentrated in New York. Um, let's not forget that. So, so on, on, the unfortunate side of that is local people are the ones who are affected by it. And the local people, the ones that, that affect, you know, our experience and the people who, who are with around the team every day, there are, we, you know, and more importantly, not to make it about us, it's about the people who are now looking for work um, after spending, you know, the, the trainer and whomever else spending a lot, the trainer is a different thing, but spending lots of time. Years and years and years dedicating their life, traveling and doing whatever for uh, for the organization, which is too bad. Um, so we'll, it remains to be seen how this stuff will uh, will look moving into the future. Um, let's bring it back to baseball a little bit. I don't want to talk about the Yankees anymore. Now, the, my only my only salvation. This is we're, at our time of recording here on Friday. There is a, there is an out. There is a there is a path, a narrow, increasingly narrow path that will allow me to accept what is going on with the Yankees right now. Number one, Yankees fans, uh, the ones that I follow, some of them are crazy, some of them are smart, most of them are, are smart, and they kind of get it. And they, this is all house money to them, right? If you're if you're a Yankees fan, this year is like just bonus pennies from heaven, correct? Absolutely. This was supposed to be a rebuilding team, a young team. Uh, every so many things worked out for them. Uh, worked out well. You know, Judge Sanchez, whomever else, they lost Bird to injury. He comes back. He looks good again. Didi's been great. 
you know, Starlin Castro has been fine. They managed to even Ellsbury's been okay. CC Sabathia is amazing. Year comes back. I mean, so all judge, this stuff judge, is like, judge, just to, I mean, just to, to, you know, you casually go by, not to, not to criticize, but you like, you, you say judge, but like, what was his highest ever rank on, you know, on, a, on any prospect list? Right? Like, was he, was he ever yeah. a top 50 guy? Like, I don't know. Like he kind of—it's not that he came out of nowhere. It's just there were questions about him. Uh, mm. You know, he was high, but not super high. And then, oh, by the way, he's a fucking MVP. Well, so and, I just I, yeah. So yeah, that probably has a lot to do with why their stupid fucking garbage team had a stupid good season. You can't ever expect literally anyone to 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 just come out and to put out an eight win season like that they just don't happen that often right how many players ever will ever achieve like an eight win an eight wins above replacement season and he just did it as a, as an effectively a rookie so the yankee season has been tremendous for them i'm happy for you know rob irocane who's a dedicated listener of this podcast for whatever reason love him love him to pieces hope he's having a great time he's in france right now so he's missing the end of the yankee ser- series but i can't abide it anymore so here's what I need. My narrow path to self-smug satisfaction. The Yankees are up 3-2 against Houston right now. The Yankees blow this series. So everything is free money. They're all in now. They're all in. All the Yankees fans. They're emotionally invested. They can't believe it. So close. Blow the series. Break their hearts. And then next year is not a free and easy like, ooh, we're rebuilding. Next year, the crushing weight of expectation looms over Yankee Stadium. All of the pressure goes back on. Can Aaron Judge do it again? What about Gary Sanchez? What about Greg Bird? What about this? Oh, Severino had a great year. Oh, what about what if Tanaka opts in? Oh, they're going to re-sign Sabathia. You know, the dead cat bounce is over. Errol the Chapman is an entire fire waiting to happen. Oh, I'm so excited for that. I'm excited for the expectations to sit on their shoulders and for them to crumple and for the Blue Jays to be bullshit, <laughs> but me to be able to look past that and point at the suffering Yankees fans and be like, ha, that's what you get for caring. You, that's the only you, way. That's the only thing I got. I got. That's all I got. Do you think there the, it'll be written about in the media? You know, the the expectations are kind of high. Do you think they'll start riding them? And uh, will will all those? I mean, they're not the Boston fucking cheerleader squad, but uh, oh no. Well, yeah. there was an article. There was an article written in in a major New York uh, daily comparing Aaron Judge to Babe Ruth, <laughs> being like he's the modern day Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Not like a, not like just a good player. Not like he's like the modern day Ron Guidry or like a guy who was a very good player. No, Babe Ruth. He's getting Babe Ruth comp, comps from the New York, so from the New York media. So yeah, I think there'll be some expectation. When the and I for one can't wait. Perhaps they will have the modern day Babe Ruth for real by that time. Sadly, they're not, they're not, the Nationals aren't going to trade him yet. Oh, I mean the wait. guy from Japan. Oh right, him. God damn it. That can't happen. More expectations. Then he flops. Oh, this is delightful. That would be good. I can't wait. That would be good. So that's 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 my whole thing with the Yankees. Because otherwise, unless that happens, unless the crush the weight of expectations crushes them and destroys all the hopes and dreams of all the Yankees fans, whom I consider friends and internet acquaintances, uh, then they're gonna just roll. <laughs> they're gonna roll for way too long. And the Blue Jays might as well trade everyone. Maybe trade the two whole team. Trade the team to fucking Portland, and well, we can get back to <laughs> caring about hockey or something. Because the, the, the Babe Ruth plays for the Leafs now, apparently. Speaking of a team that's going to enjoy crushing expectations next year after coming coming up just a little short this month, 
Oh, there we go. Book <laughs> market. I like to hear. Book market. Book market. Fav- favorite this tweet of, of life. Um, so, yeah, so that's it. That's the Yankees thing. They're, they have a good chance going to the World Series. Got to get through Justin Verlander, who was off his ass in, the, in his first start. So we shall see. The Yankees are so dominant. They've been so dominant at home. It'll be interesting to see if they can get a win there at Enron Field. Um, and I, I, it breaks my heart because Houston is so much fun to watch. But so are the stupid Yankees. Actually, no, the Yankees are not fun to watch. We've talked about this. Those stupid long at-bats. Enough. Swing the bat. Um, let's they, do one last thing. Blue. They, acquired, they acquired Chapman twice. They can fuck off. Uh, not untrue. Um, so one thing we haven't talked about yet uh, we're going to do is the super bad. We'll do our extended Patreon-exclusive um, edition of uh, Birds All Day, which will be uh, on Patreon. And I guess people get an email that alerts them, and it's on the kind of hosted there. And what we're going to talk about today, we're going we're gonna to go through some of the old uh, – it's only been a couple of years, but – just looking back at some of the playoff oddities and stuff that happened um, in the Blue Jays' playoff runs, two of them that they made that were tremendous, and uh, the Yankees are in the middle of their own. We'll go back and look at some of the funny and fun—not funny, but I don't want to put that expectation on this segment. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, Jesus uh, Christ! Yeah. But but uh, yeah, we're just gonna go. We're gonna go back and, and look through and have some fun looking at uh, weird little things that that maybe we have already forgotten because that's kind of the way that it works. You remember the big moments; everyone remembers this and that and the other. But there are the minor players, the bit players who contribute to the rich canvas. Of a playoff run. Uh, but before we do that, let's do a little dumpster diving. Okay? Uh, we've been talking a lot about the playoffs. The playoffs are on. I, I'm, I've been watching a lot of it. I'm sure you have as well. Watching a lot of the playoff baseball. Um, so, well, speaking of the Blue Jays, are there any players, you know, guys that might be available um, on some of these playoff rosters that maybe could suit the Blue Jays next year? Make, maybe make the 2018 Blue Jays competitive. Maybe nice complimentary pieces that the Jays can get. Um, is there anybody that you have been kind of mentally shopping as you are uh, enjoying the, the playoffs? Is this just a way for you to talk about trading Bryce Harper to the Jays? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> my mentions are full it of people who are ready to trade. They're ready to trade Roberto Osuna and Bo Bichette for, uh, for one year of Bryce Harper. Um, I'm not. Yeah, no, I don't think you want to. Well, yeah, I'd do it. You do that, and then yeah, then, I then you trade him again at the uh, at the in July when the Jays are five yeah. games under five hundred. Well, I mean that's when everybody's forty games. Trade him. Yeah, it's going to be a yeah. Win. It could be a wonderful fire sale this summer. It really could. Looking forward to it. But before we get that, let's have hope. Let's sure. think. So I went through, kind of looked at some future free agents, guys who are going to be available at the end of the year. From I, I at first I tried to focus on just the teams that are still alive, like you know the, the teams that have been playing. You know the the Dodgers and, and Astros and, and Cubs and whomever else. Uh, there's a couple interesting names. Tony Watson, uh, left-handed yeah, reliever yeah. for the Dodgers. Uh, uh, you know, you got to get uh, Lonnie Chisenhall out, obviously, the big uh, left-handed thumper in the American League. You're really <laughs> desperate for a left-handed <laughs> fucking reliever. <laughs> well, when Bryce Harper gets traded to the, to the Orioles, you need to, someone's got to be able to get him out. That's a good point. Uh, along of uh, of a similar note, Brian Dunsing, uh, for the Cubs, he's fine. He's de- he's decent. I guess yeah. the question is, are, well, are either of those guys better than Aaron Loop? Yes, probably, probably, definitely yes, better probably. than Aaron Loop. <laughs> yeah, absolutely better than Aaron Loop. But are they better enough than Aaron Loop that it's worth send, spending that percentage of your available resources? I don't. In good, a year, a in a year where you're. I mean, as much as you're like, we're trying to contend, you're also like, let's maybe 
let's maybe listen to uh, let's try to gauge the value of some of our guys who will be mm. uh, free agents to be come July, or you know, even with a couple, you know, what what a Russell Martin or a, what a, a Justin Smoke might be worth uh, come July. Let's just fire sale it the fuck up if it doesn't if it doesn't work. But before uh, but we yeah, do yeah, that, let's yeah, make yeah, the team yeah. better. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Let's. Uh, Brandon Morrow is, of course, the one we've talked about. And the name it. It wasn't even the first name on my list. How, how uh, you know reasonable of that of me is that? Indeed. Luke Gregerson, another guy, a guy who could be at the back of a bullpen doing some things. Fine, decent old man, right-handed reliever. And then you get into some of the starters. Of course, there's CC Sabathia, who's you know people have been a lot of uh, he's garnered a lot of attention by pitching so well in the playoffs after pitching quite well in the regular season. Uh, one, <laughs> I think I saw there was a like a Pirates blog wrote a post basically being like, CC Sabathia has ruined all their plans because their plan was to like bring him in and and fix him up, you know. Like, <laughs> but now he's done it on his own, so it's like, well, shit. Now he's too expensive for the for the Pirates. He's gonna, I think he'll end up doing pretty well. It, so Sabathia's an example of a guy who like doesn't throw nearly as hard as he used to, but he's he was always a good enough pitcher, and he's uh, to his credit, he, you know, he's um, he's sobered up. You know, he he battled alcoholism, for, or he still battles alcoholism, I I, I I'm sure, but uh, uh, and he's been there. The results are nice to go yeah. with that, right? Yeah. But cleaned up his life and, and and done what he needs to do to make himself feel better, and now he's he's pitching great, and he's and he's learned to uh, adapt with uh, his lessened stuff. Uh, Doug Fister is a guy who was like basically unemployed for most of the season, and then. He's probably made him, got himself at least a guaranteed contract after playing pitching well for the Red well, Sox. Well, there, there's where the there's where the Pirates are going to go. Well, they, but they can't fix him. I think. I think he's, uh, he's to me he, he is, yeah yeah he's not necessarily the, the Pirates model, right? He's not like a wild yeah, hard thrower who true. just needs to get beaten with canes across the legs to throw <laughs> strikes. That's yeah. their secret. The secret uh, is Darvish, just move him a little bit on the on the rubber, and then there you go. Move him on the rubber, make him throw some strikes. Uh, if the Jays can't. That don't aren't able to seal the deal on Shohei Otani, they can go sign you Darvish. I don't think that's going to happen. That'd, that'd be, be crazy. That'd be lovely if they did, though. I'm the long, the 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 long romance from those many years ago, tracking flights and stuff overnight. Uh, come home, come home, you Darvish. Uh, also, uh, Masahiro Tanaka could be a free agent as well. Although I, I, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if he opts out. Uh, and then there's what we talked about DHs, Matt Holiday, Carlos Beltran are both going to be DHs, so I'm going to have to take a hard pass on those two. Well, we already have Anderson. the DH. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we already oh, have man. four of them. Uh, uh, Granderson, I like the idea of Curtis Granderson. He's fine. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Sure. Uh, Cameron uh, Mabin. Jay Bruce. Sure. Cameron Mabin. Oh, yeah, Jay Bruce, too. Cameron Mabin feels like he could kind of fit the bill. Um, he has a lot of the racially charged bo- buzzwords <laughs> around him that uh, that are s- consistent with what the Jays front office has has, has been speaking of seeking. I need a decent year. Uh, screwed the the Astros butt good by just like bailing on a random pop fly that just kind of bounced in front of him. That was a little unusual. Um, John Jay, John Jay sucks. He's I bad. don't know why I wrote. I only wrote his name down so I can trash him because he's really bad. <laughs> and uh, I. How many games did he start for the Cubs there? Far too many. Far too many. Fuck. It's terrible. Um, I mean, Schwarber is a platoon guy, so. Schwarber. Schwarber, he he hits poorly enough that he's basically like a defensive left fielder now. Because he has got a really good arm. Because he's a catcher. 
Uh, Chris Young. I love Chris Young as a player. I don't think he's a good match for what the Blue Jays need because he's right-handed. Um, he's a great player. I really like him. He, I wanted the Jays to sign him every year, basically. But now that now they have a surplus of right-handed outfield options. But uh, he's a guy who will definitely get a job with a good team. He seems like a good team kind of guy. Uh, Eduardo Nunez is a name that's been bandied yeah, about a lot for the Blue Jays. Everyone wants him. Uh, knees all jacked up, though. He got hurt real bad, looked like. Um, by playing, trying to play hurt, and now he's hurt himself in a different way. The Jays will either the Jays will either uh, not get him, or will jump the market and pay way too much for him real early. So if he hasn't signed with the Jays by like November fourth, that's not happening. I can't see it happening. I don't know. Yeah. He, he's he's good in all, or good in he's good enough. They got I, that Lourdes Gurriel. He probably he probably hits like his brother. I'm sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That's how that works. Ozzy and Jose Canseco, obviously identical hitters. <laughs> um, Austin Jackson, who played, uh, he's one of those guys who kind of parlayed a real good half season into probably a full-time job next year. Uh, he hits right, if I remember correctly. I can't see that. that that's not what they need. Possibly care Howie Kendrick. I love Howie Kendrick. I think That's a great that. fit. Yeah, Howie Kendrick. You play all over the place. I mean, not, I mean, except for the part where he's old as fuck. Good, though. Doesn't strike out. That's I'm a nice, okay nice matchup. Yeah. And then there's, like, first base type. So if they do decide to make a move with uh, Justin Smoke or or whatever, you know, there's Lomo and, and Mitch Moreland and guys like that out there. Uh, why would they sign Lomo when, when you can just have the switch hitting version of him, which is Justin Smoke? Uh, Moreland, ugh. Ugh. God, I don't think he's that good. He had a decent year, though. And then Eric, so the, the more I think about it, the, the more I realize that Eric Hosmer is going to get all of the money and more, despite my reservations about him being shitty. Because someone is going to beat the Royals out of him, I think, and may turn him into a monster. Which is, I, I'm sure 29 other teams think they're going to do that. Or 28 teams and the Marlins, who don't care, and the Royals, <laughs> who are who will be like, I can't wait to get him in here. Get those strikeouts down even lower. Um but yeah, I think that there's a good chance of him turning into a legitimate monster. He's going to get paid. I don't know. That's just sort of guys I've been watching. Sometimes you you know you watch the World Series game, be like, man, like him, like his game. He'd be real nice playing for the Blue Jays. He would complement the lineup quite. Yeah, it's like, well, playoff, guys on playoff teams are generally uh, good. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's how that works. That is often. exactly how that works. That is how that works. Uh, well, I think that's about it. We've been going on here for some time. We did the parting shots off the top. We talked about your home almost burning down, um, uh, which is, I'm glad you're okay. Again, I'm still glad you're okay. I was glad you're okay an hour ago, and I'm glad you're okay now. I, I would have figured it. I would have, I would have not. I would have been out buying batteries for a smoke detector, ironically, as my home burned. That would indeed <laughs> be ironic. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else? You got anything else coming up? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that's uh, I think that's it. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot going on, but stuff will happen soon. Winter meetings and well, the winter meetings aren't really in the winter, are they? Well, the winter meetings are early December, but the GM meetings happen first. And now, you know, Sportsnet will send. I mean, maybe not this year. Maybe the TV revenue is down so much that they're they're not going to send everybody to every possible thing. But, uh, but yeah, the GM meetings is where the groundwork is laid. Shy is going to be there sussing out uh, all the dirt that he can. And then everybody else in the city is going to 
and run to their computers to talk about it. Well, I'm excited for that. I'm excited. It's exciting. I don't know. There's yeah. And once the World Series is underway, um, or over, then the, all the opt outs and free agent stuff starts to happen. Um, but yeah, it's, it sucks. You know, we've been spoiled the last two years by by meaningful baseball games at this time of year. I get. I don't know if exactly the date, but the you know game six against the Royals was a was a few years ago or two years ago, and and that was a quite quite the game. Wayne Davis is a free agent. I didn't mention oh, him. Oh, there you before. go. Yeah. Is a uh, I, I would have been a lot more excited about signing Wayne Davis about a week and a half ago before Joe Madden like, <laughs> killed him dead. Yeah. Just like left him to rot. Uh, looking every bit, like just so tired and like he didn't want to be out there. But no, I knew that's an exaggeration. But uh, he's going to get paid. He's really good. Not he's by the Blue Jays. Yeah. That's Brandon Morrow money we're talking about. That's serious, yeah. Uh, so as I mentioned, yeah, those games were a few years ago. So if you aren't already a Patreon subscriber, head over, hook it up. And then you can hear this week's Super Bad, where Stoughton and I are going to do just that. We're going to look back and uh, have some reminiscences, I guess you could say. Uh, some fun trivia about those last couple of playoff runs featuring your Toronto Blue Jays, because they're not going on one right now. So uh, you got anything else? That's it. You're good. Don't forget to read Stoughton at uh, Advice and at The Athletic, and most importantly at BlueJaysNation.com. Follow him on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter if you feel like you want to get hot Washington Nationals takes and Giorgio Mamaliti content being shared your way <laughs> swing on over yeah to uh to our pay- and oh uh, head over to um head over to birds all day on facebook facebook.com slash birds all day we're gonna get a when we post this the uh, the podcast we're gonna ask about uh, the realignment idea if you are one of the rare people who is like no this idea is terrible they need to maintain the integrity of the american league uh show up on our facebook page and tell us that why we are so wrong and so quick to brush history aside. I want to hear. I need to hear an, an earnest and honest telling of that truth. Do you have it in you? Birds All Day, Facebook. Good? All right. That's it for this edition of Birds All Day. We'll talk to you uh, next week.